Speeda and I uh, went to Silver Dollar City with our son Brian and his uh, wife and kids. They they are season ticket holders to Silver Dollar City, and uh, and because of that, they had a couple free passes, and they shared those with us. So I'm all about. Uh, I'm not a huge Silver Dollar City fan, but I'm all about free. So I'll I'll endure that if it's, it didn't cost me anything. So 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 we arrived early. It was on a Friday that we went, and we arrived. Uh, just a little bit after 8, they opened the park so you could get in. But they didn't open the rest of the park where the rides were till 8.30. But that was, at 8.30, it was only for season ticket holders. If you didn't have a season ticket holder pass or a guest of one, you didn't get to go in. In fact, they had a guy checking that. And as we were waiting in line, they turned someone away. Someone tried to sneak by, and the guy wouldn't let. But So, so we're waking our, making our way up to where this guy was checking passes. And, and what was, uh, what, what drew my attention to this guy is he was almost like v- Vicky's, uh, communion meditation. This guy had to be six, eight, six, nine. He was a mountain of a man. He had overalls on with, of course, one, one, uh, uh, strap unbuckled and this big old floppy felt hat. I mean, he looked the part of a mountain man and he was a mountain of a man. And, and as people walked up, he would, they would show the pass. He'd say, okay, go ahead. Okay. And I mean, he was polite and nice about it, but I'm like, I'm not going to mess with this guy. If he says my guest pass doesn't work, I'm turning around and going to the parking lot. But, but, but we got in. So, so Brian went through and the kids went through and Christy was next. She went through and he said, okay, you got, you're, you're good. And as she walked by, Reed and I were following, and, and he looked at our passes. As Christy got about a step past him, the guy said this. Now, this won't mean anything to you at all, but this is what he said. Mingo Valley, Mingo Valley, I went to write Christian. Now, I, I, I kind of knew what that was. Brian and Christy both turned around and like, oh, and... Uh, and then the guy said, hey, do you know, and I don't remember the guy's name, but, but he spit out on him, do you know so-and-so? And Brian and Christy both just, their face lit up like, yeah, yeah, we know him. Christy said, I teach at Mingo Valley, and he's one of my fellow teachers. The guy went on to say he went to high school with this this guy. Uh, so, so the reality was, Mingo Valley, that's the, the Christian school that my uh, grandkids in Oklahoma go to. Uh, Christy teaches there. And, and, and so you might be wondering, why, out of the blue, did he say that? Mingo Valley, I went to write Christian. Had he said that to you, you would have like, what is wrong with this guy? But it meant something to them. And the reason he said it was, and, and I wasn't sure either till I looked at Christy, and she had a T-shirt on that said Mingo Valley Christian School. So, so this guy had gone to another Christian school in Tulsa, knew of Mingo Valley. The reality was her shirt was saying something. Uh, that's often the case. Adam's got a royal shirt on. His daughter has a royal shirt on. His wife doesn't have a royal shirt on. Uh, but, uh, uh, some of you might have other shirts that, that, that say something, that, that give a message. Her, her shirt was saying something. It was sending a message. Uh, we're in Colossians chapter three. We're gonna finish, uh, a sermon that we started last week. And one of the things that we're gonna see is, that there is a message and that our life should be sharing that message. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 15, 16, and 17. Um, we looked at verse 15 last week, so we're really looking at 16 and 17 today. Let the peace of Christ rule. Uh, anyone remember what that word rule means? 
Translation, what it really means? Someone, please. You're embarrassing me. This is not good. Who said that? Referee, thank you. Kevin, did you whisper to her? Did she, you didn't, you're like, Katie, bail me out here. Referee, so it means to referee or to umpire. So let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Now, now, verse 16, let the message of Christ, some of your versions might say the word of Christ, both are accurate. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Now, I'm not really going to touch on this in the sermon, so let me just toss this out. Part of the reason that he says we're to do that with with psalms, hymns, and songs in in their day, they didn't have a printed Bible like that. So oftentimes, the, the message, certainly of the Old Testament and even the early church, the message of Christ, the, the truth of gospel, uh, was, was through song. That's how they, they, they translate, or that's how they put it out there. So, so that's kind of why he's saying that. Uh, and verse 17, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Last week we looked at let the peace of Christ referee. Uh, the, 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 there is peace with each other, with ourselves, with God, and, and we're to put it, we're put it into use. It's not a suggestion; it's a command. The second thing he says here in verse sixteen is let the word of Christ preach. Let the word of Christ preach. Verse sixteen: Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. Let the word of Christ preach. Uh, but for that to happen, there's a couple things that need to go on here. First of all, it must live in you. If we're going to let the word of Christ preach, the message of Christ be something that comes from us, it's got to be in us. The, the Greek word uh, there in verse 16 for dwell uh, it is a combination word. It's the, the word enoikeo. It's the root word, root word oikeo, which means to inhabit, with the addition of the word in, which means to uh, which uh, which means to live in. It's the idea of ownership. Now, let me give you a couple scenarios, just to illustrate this idea. You get up one morning. Let's say you got up this morning and and uh, and you jumped in the shower and you turned on the water and you. You, you, you put your head on the water, and it was all cold. And you, you check the, the knobs, you turn the cold off, and the hot water is just pouring cold over you. What do you do? Well, if you live in an apartment, or if you rent uh, a, a, an apartment or a house or something like that, what do you do? You call your landlord. You, you call someone and say, hey, I, I, my, the hot water heater's not work, working. You need to get over here and fix this now. But if you own the house, what do you do? You call yourself. <laughs> you call yourself, basically. Uh, now, if you're me, you call a repairman because I'm not very handy. But some of you guys, it's no big deal. Jump car, go to ours, get, get a new hot water heater. If you can find them in stock, I think those are hard to find now, too. But but you fix it. You you take you take ownership. Let, let me give you another scenario. You're you're walking through your house, and, and as you're walking through, you're looking like, man, I really, I wish... I wish this had a, a new kitchen a cabinet. I, man, this flooring is no good. I wish it had new carpet, or I wish there were hardwood floors in this house. Or you walk into the bathroom and say, man, this bathroom is dated. I wish that this bathroom was, uh, was remodeled and updated. What do you do? If you rent, 
<laughs> you just complain. There's nothing you can do about it. You might, you might decide to move, but there's nothing you can do about it. If you own your home, you, you begin to dream, you begin to plan, you begin to, to get ready to make changes, or maybe you complain, I don't know, but, uh, but, but you do something about it. So when Paul says, let the message, let the word of Christ dwell among you, just, just know this, that he is purposely choosing this word to emphasize the idea of ownership. He wants us to catch this idea of ownership. He's trying to get the church to take seriously the action that Jesus must produce in our life. Last week we talked about it with peace, that, that there's to be action. We're to, we're to have peace in our life with, with ourselves, others, and, and certainly with God. Now, now he's saying this, let let the message or the word of Christ, Christ dwell in you, but but not in a casual, not in a haphazardly or random kind of way. It's to take ownership. Uh, about six or seven years ago, uh, I was in in uh, Juarez, or actually out in Anapra, with uh, uh, with a guy, a friend of mine from Central, named Bob Carpenter. Bob and I had gone down to take the pictures for Operation Anapra, and we were we were driving in a rent-a-car from uh, the border. Actually, we had gone somewhere else, but we were on the road that goes, those you've been to, to, to Juarez, the road that goes from the border out to Anapra, and we'd just gone past the, the Little Caesars, and then there's another, there's an S-Mart. It's not the one we go to, but there's an S-Mart. I just got past that when I looked down on the dash, and I noticed uh, a, a little symbol, a little icon had popped up. Now, Every time in our car when that pops up, Rita calls me. Hey, there's this light on my dash. It's a little squiggly line. It looks kind of funny. Should I be concerned? I'm like, no, that's just a low-pressure uh, light. You've got a tire that's low. Just make sure none of them's flat, and you're good to go. And So I saw that, and, I, and my first thought was, how long has that been illuminated? Uh, and then it was just right after that, that and, and I don't know if it was in my head all of a sudden, but, but it felt like the car was kind of pulling to one side. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I pulled into a Paymex, which is a gas station there in uh, Juarez. I pulled into the gas station, got out, and one of my tires was flat. I mean, not a little low. It was it was flat. Um, so I'm thinking, how how long did I drive on that? So so they they actually had an air uh, an air deal. So I went and got the, the 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 air and started airing the tire up. So I thought, man, if I can get it aired up, I'll get back to the church and I can worry about it then. And, I started airing up, and I, you could hear the air going in, and just about as loud, about as fast, you could hear the air going out. So I'd I'd run over something that had put a big old hole in, in, in there. So I, I'm in a rented car, so I'm thinking, well, I hope it has a spare tire. I've heard of cars not having spare tires, and uh, and and I opened the trunk. Sure enough, there was a spare tire. So I I put the donut on, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to be driving in Mexico on the donut, but but I had no other choice. So so the next day when we returned the car to the airport. I, I, I pulled in, and the guy was there to kind of check the car in, make sure there was no damage or anything. And this is what I said to him. I said, now, I had a, a flat tire, and I, I put the old tire it's in the trunk. And you know what I did after that? I walked away. I, I didn't stress over it. I didn't worry about, quite honestly, if the tire had been ruined uh, if it was repairable, I, I didn't care. It wasn't my problem. Now contrast that if it's my car, 
And Rita calls me and says, the tire's flat. And I get home, and sure enough, it's flat. I change it just like I did then. But but then I do something about it. I take the tire, and I get it repaired. Or or if it's too badly damaged, I buy a new t- tire. And if, if maybe they're all bad, I, I buy a set of four. Why do I do that? Ownership. If the word is of Christ is around us, if we hear it, if we're aware of it, but it does well in us. Let the message of Christ dwell among you. The word of Christ, the message of Jesus dwell in you. If it's not in us, it really won't affect us much. Now, I was a responsible car renter. I changed the tire. I, I didn't drive on the rim. I, I told the guy about it, but I didn't take ownership. Paul Paul is saying here, take ownership of the word. In, in the book of Psalm, chapter 1, the first three verses, if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. If not, you can, it's up on the screen, I believe. Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Most morning, at least three to three to four days a week, I get up, uh, I get up early and, and walk three miles. I walk out into the country a mile and a half and then back, obviously, a mile and a half and and uh, early this spring, I I I, I notice and and the the walk the road I'm on a, a small creek runs by it in a couple places, and I noticed a tree that had been planted just like this verse says had been planted squarely on the the bank of the the creek had uh, had slidden down into the the creek the 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 bank had eroded uh, heavy rain probably from last summer had eroded it the whole tree root ball and all had slidden down into the the creek and the tree had laid over on the bank that was kind of up, up above it and and I noticed that this spring one one time and I thought well you know that that looks weird but it's you know it's toast and later on that spring I noticed that that tree was setting setting buds like it was it was going to leaf later on as all the other trees began to put full foliage on that tree did the same now now it had slidden from where it was but its root ball was still connected to the source of life it was still connected to its source of water someone psalm 119:11 says i've hidden your heart your word in my heart that i may not sin against you so the the word of god is to dwell in us and if we're going to preach, and that, that's what he's saying. This, this text tells us, let the peace, let the message. If the message of Christ is going to preach in us, it must live in us. Uh, so, so it's got to live in us, but it also, must, it also must leave us. It must leave you. Let me look at verse 16 again. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Now catch this. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Uh, as you teach and admonish. That, th- those two words are, are basically the, the letting it leave or the, the preaching. Now, now notice there's, in this text, there's actually three descriptions of what that looks like. Uh, he, he says this. Let, let the word of Christ dwell among you richly. The, the word there for richly literally means wealthy. So the word of Christ, we need to be wealthy with the word. 
We need to be wealthy with the word. I, I heard this story several years ago. I've, I've heard it repeated in other places. I think maybe once in St. Joe, a similar thing happened. But, but I remember this story, particularly in Kansas City. It was a news story. And they were following, it was December. They were following a guy around that was handing out $100 bills to people. Now, I've never met that person. Uh, but feel free to come drop by our offices. Tanya and I would be glad to, to be recipients if that becomes you. But, but they weren't showing the guy. They were just showing the people that he gave it to. They, they blocked him out, and they'd get a $100 bill. He'd come up and say, hey, how are you doing? And, and, and people's reaction were just, you know, amazing. It was kind of cool to watch. And, and, and he did. Like I said, I think maybe someone in St. Joe did that. But this guy walked around Kansas City over a couple of days and handed out thousands of dollars worth of $100 bills. Now, there's a couple of things that you can gather from that story. First of all, this guy's generous. Uh, he's generous. I mean, if he's giving away $100 bills, thousands of dollars of $100 bills, the guy's generous. You just have to assume he's got a good heart, that he's, that he's, a, that he's a neat guy. There's another thing you have to assume. Now, this could be wrong, but you, you make the assumption that he was wealthy. Now, I would love to have people just give me a hug and thank me for giving them $100 bills. Uh, I just don't have thousands of dollars to hand out that way. Uh, so, so I think it's safe to assume this guy was wealthy. Uh, we can't give the word away. We can't, we can't do that teach and admonish and share the word if we don't have it in our spiritual bank account. Are, are you following? We, if we don't have the word of Christ dwelling in us, if we don't know it, if it's not a part of who we are, if the, if the, the, the simple good news message of Jesus isn't ruling in our, if, if we're not aware of it in our life and, and it's indwelling us and living there, we're not taking ownership of it, it's going to be pretty hard for us to give away. We can't bless someone with the message of Jesus if we don't have it. We can't encourage someone with a verse that will hit them where they are if we don't know that verse. We can't challenge someone with a truth that might make a difference if we don't have that truth. So to preach the word, we have to be wealthy in the word. Now, now make your application. I don't have time to, to go. I could preach a whole other sermon just on this, but, but we have to know the word of God. If we're, not, if we're not investing in the word of God somehow, some way, or multiple ways, then, then we're not going to have ownership of it. But we also have to be wise. Let it dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. So, so, so we're called to preach that message, teach and admonish. Uh, we have to be wealthy with it, but we also have to be wise. It gives us that warning to be wise with the word. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2 says this, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. A lot of people know this verse. Your non-Christian friends know this verse. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Uh, and that's where they stop with it, but, but it goes on. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured, uh, it will be measured to you. Uh, whole other sermon, but again, this verse isn't talking so much about judgment as it is about wisdom. Uh, people misquote this all the time. Well, doesn't your Bible say you're not supposed to judge? Well, yeah, it kind of does. But what it really is saying, take a look at yourself. But before you point out something that's that's wrong in someone else, before you make any kind of judgment, the first thing you do is take a look at yourself. And isn't that wisdom? That's wisdom if we look at ourselves. 
Preaching God's word must come through a place of wisdom, and we need to be worshipful with that word. He ends that phrase, that verse 16, with gratitude in your hearts. See, there's a direct correlation between gratitude and being wealthy with the word and wise with the word. When we're wealthy with the word, when we know the word, when we've taken ownership then we have gratitude. We're grateful for what the Word of God does in our lives. And if we're grateful, if we're grateful, then we are wise with that Word. So let's look at, at two applications and we'll, we'll move on to the last point here. There's two applications. Paul uses, Paul uses two words. I, I, hopefully you caught them there. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish. He is encouraging and empowering the church. Now, now it's with that backdrop of wisdom uh, and and wealth and worshipfulness, but 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 he's empowering the church to be rooted and grounded in the word, uh, and and then use that. and And he he's talking here not to just the leaders. He he doesn't pull this verse out and say, now, now hang on, the rest of you be just listen quietly, but right now I'm talking to Papyrus, the, the pastor of your church. I, I'm just talking to the leadership, talking to the elders. He he doesn't do that. He's talking to the whole church here. So so he's talking to everyone. He's not talking to me only. He's talking to everyone when he tells us that we are to we are to instruct. That's really what the word teach means. Uh let it dwell in you richly as you teach. Uh, we're called, all of us, to instruct one another from, from a place of biblical knowledge and wisdom and worshipfulness. Worshipfulness. We are, we're, we're called to, to share our life experience with the message of Jesus, what it's done with us, and impart it to others. Well, well, what's he talking about? Ah. Does is he telling us that we all as believers just need to kind of stand up when we're around other believers and say, "Hey, I got something to teach you. Come on over here." It'd be chaos if we did that. But if we walked in the church and everyone's like, "No, over here, over here, I got a message. Come over here, let me tell you what." Is he telling that? Well, I don't really think so. Now, 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 I think that can occur in a structured setting, certainly. But I think we're called to instruct one another. The reality is some of the most impactful, some of the most impactful teaching that we can have, uh, our, our Sunday, we have several Sunday school teachers, uh, kids teachers as well as adult teachers, and I'm pretty sure our adult teachers would all agree with me on this. Uh, if not, you can tell me later, but, but some of the most impactful teaching in your class doesn't necessarily come from what you prepared. Now, I'm not saying that what you prepared doesn't impact people, but oftentimes some of the most impactful teaching comes from what other people say in the class. Do you agree? When, when someone shares, Bruce brings up a point, and then someone shares how that touched them. Yeah, Jesus did this in my life, or this is what that means to me. Some of the, some of the best teaching comes not necessarily from the official teacher, but from the body. I think that's what Paul's talking about. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach one another. Um so so let me let me uh let me bring this home let me make this application you can take it and run with it wherever you want to. Um I think what Paul's saying here is that we need to put ourselves 
in situations. We need to put ourselves in situations where we can both teach and be taught. Let me say it again. We need to put ourselves in situations where we can both teach and be taught. A lot of us are missing the opportunity and that obligation. When I sit in a Sunday school class or a home uh, home Bible study, uh, I I have the opportunity, the, the, the chance to teach someone else and be taught by a n- number of people. So, so we're called to instruct. The second application uh, is that we're, in, we're called to inspire. Notice the second thing he says. Uh, we are to teach and admonish one another. Let me ask this question. I'll have you raise your hands on this in just a second. When you hear the word admonish, does that, does the first thing come to mind is, is something negative? Like if I, if I say I'm going to admonish you, do you assume that I'm going to tell you you've done something wrong? I mean, show of hands, how many people think that's a negative? How many people think that's a positive? If I say, I'm going to admonish you, okay, well, you're right. Uh, it, it, when you say, I'm going to admonish you, it can have the application of calling out behavior. Let me, let me give an example. Bob, you've got to go pretty soon. We can't go yet. Uh, uh, if during the sermon I looked over, and all through the sermon, Bobby's been talking to Carrie, just yakking her ear away, and, and I mean, it was kind of bothering me. He hasn't been, by the way, but if he had been doing that, uh, and and so finally, I, I get to one point in the sermon. I say, Bobby, you need to be quiet because Carrie needs to hear this, <laughs> or or probably Bobby, quiet because you need to hear this. Now I would be admonishing him. I would be saying, Hey, here's some behavior that needs to change, and that would be correct. Uh, our, our daughter Krista, when she came to live with us, uh, heard every every instruction as admonishment with that attitude. Uh, I, I remember shooting free throws with her one day and 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 her shot was something like that and uh, i said crystal you need to elbow underneath i taught our boys that it stuck with most of them joel never did quite get his elbow under as much as i wanted him to but he still made you know 80 percent of his free throws he would have been 95 if he had got his elbow underneath but um but i told my boys when I played basketball, when I got ready to shoot a free throw, I, I mentally thought, get your elbow underneath. That's good. Coaches, that's good advice, right? Look, I'm not wrong there. Okay. When I told Crystal that, why are you yelling at me? I, I was trying to encourage her, give her some positive something, and she thought it was admonishment. The, the word there in Greek is a combination of word that means mind and to put. So it literally just means to put in mind to put in mind so yeah if i put in mind that you need to change something that's right but that also can be a positive thing uh, a week and a half ago i walked out of the office to get in my car and rodney adams was walking down the sidewalk on the other side of liberty street and uh, i hollered at him and then i walked across the the parking lot to him or, or off the uh, across liberty street to him said and asked him a question i'd seen a picture on facebook of his uh uh, someone that his sister put on. I thought it was his parents. So I, hey, was that your parents, Roddy? Your dad looked just like you, and and you and Steve looked just like your dad. And uh, and so we talked a little bit. And I turned to walk away, and Rodney started walking. And then he hollered at me, said, "Hey, brother! Hey, brother! I, I want you to know just right away." He admonished me. He said, "Hey, brother! Don't forget, Jesus loves you." See, admonishment is just putting to mind. Now it could it could have a attitude of correction, if 
certainly done with wisdom and uh, uh, with the word and worship, but it also can, can be something positive. Admonishing is inspiring change. When we when we share just a verse with someone, when we share, remind someone that Jesus loves them, that, that they're special, or encourage them, and that is, that's also admonishment. So we're called to preach. Now let me, let me finish with this. I, I wish I had time. I don't have time to look at verse 17 and open it up, but verse 17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the name of Christ prevail. Last Saturday, I was was uh, in Atchison. I drove Atchison to get some gas for the lawnmower, and I uh, was listening to a sports talk show, and they had a guy on named Les Norman. If you're a, uh, Adam, you know who Les Norman is? Okay, you've heard of him. Do you know why you've heard of him? Oh, this is embarrassing for you, Adam. Les Norman played, had a cup of coffee with the Royals. He played for the Royals for uh, for a couple seasons. I mean, probably about 30 games is all. So he, he wasn't great, but but he has a radio program. He's a, he's a believer and has a radio program once a week that's kind of a positive thing. And, and I listened to it. I heard a guy talking, and Rita was surprised. I was telling her about this, uh, that, that I knew this. I said, I was listening to it, and I thought, that guy sounds like Jack Nicholas. Nicholson. Nicholas. That's the right name. Jack Nicholas. Not Nicholson, for sure. That sounds like Jack Nicholas. And uh, I listened a little bit longer on, figured out it wasn't Jack. Well, it was Jack, but it wasn't Jack Nicholas, the professional golfer that won several several major tournaments and one of the greatest golfers of all time it was his son Jackie and he was interviewing him he had written a, a book and and they were talking about fathers did this book interestingly enough we were listening to um to radio this morning and they they were interviewing Jack all three Jacks Jack the first the second and third and uh but but his, he was talking, he told this story. He said he was on a golf course, I believe it was up in Michigan. His his dad, Jack Nicholas, had designed the course. It was the opening round. They'd opened the course, they were playing, and, and Jackie Nicholas said, I was having a terrible round. I uh, and and he, he wasn't a great golf professional golfer, but he was he was a good golfer. He said, I was having a terrible round. I was struggling and I was I was in a bad mood and I kind of tossed my club a couple times and muttering under my breath. And he said, My dad, Jack came up to me and said, Son, what's wrong? He said, Dad, I'm playing terrible. I stink. And, and, uh, and he said, his dad talked to him and said, yeah, but, but son, you need to realize that, that people are watching you. You need to realize that you're representing our name. Not, not just the people that built this course that asked me to design it, but you're, you're representing the Nicholas name when you're out on the course. We are, we're called to let the peace of Christ be in us and to preach his message. And kind of at the backdrop, kind of behind all of that is realize that, that the name of Christ, whatever we do, we do it all in his name and for his glory. Would you bow with me in prayer just quickly? Father, we thank you for your word and the challenges it presents to us. Father, help us be, help us be ministers. Help us preach your word out of a fullness and a wealth of of your scripture and your good news in our life. Help us, Father, share that word with others and let your name always be uh, be put forward. Do everything with you in our minds. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we sing?
just a second. A uh, couple announcements. Well, as soon as church is over, uh, we'll be having a quick congregation meeting, so we'd ask, we won't start like right away. We'll give you a couple minutes uh, to visit, but if you would just kind of work your way up front, sit towards the front. Some of you people that sit in the back, this will be your first chance to sit up in the front. Uh, won't be long though, so you can say, yeah, I sat in the front one time. Uh, so uh, that'll be real quick. Uh, anyone that wants can stay. You don't have to be a member, but uh, members are able to vote. Uh, and like I said, that will be just a quick meeting. So that's right after church. There's a couple sign-up sheets on the back table, one for nursery workers and children's church. We still have openings. Uh, so if you've never done it before, let's encourage you to consider signing up to do it once or twice. At least try it and see what happens. You can certainly use that to help. There's also another sign-up sheet. Uh, we're responsible to mow out at uh, Flaming Spirit Christian Camp, uh, and somehow we've landed where we're always around the 4th July weekend. So I know that's not a great weekend for people. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over Monday morning, July 5th. And I know some of you uh, should have that day off, and that may you may still have family stuff going on, and we understand. But we'll meet here at the church at 8 o'clock if you can go. But if you can, if you would sign up to just let us know so we have a general idea of how many people are going. Um, and if you've got a more but don't have a trailer, Kind of let me know. We'll try to get that lined up as well. If you have a trailer but don't have a mower, let me know about that or if you can loan us a trailer or something like that. So uh, the more mowers we get over there, the quicker it will will uh, will be to get it mowed. So in the past, we've had some good groups of guys and ladies show up to help us. So if you can do that, that's July 5th, um, uh, 8 o'clock that, uh, that Monday morning. Also, if you'd like to help out with VBS or can help out with VBS, even if you can't help out the whole time or every day, uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the back, or actually sign-up forms. Fill that form out, um, turn it into the office or to, to Brittany Gilmore, and we will get you uh, uh, plugged in to help out with uh, that. Um, and finally, I have a couple things going on with Mexico. All the tags were taken off the back uh, board. Uh, 
But if there's a gift that you would like to share with one of the families uh, in Mexico, we're building for three different families. Feel free to, I mean, if you want to grab something and, and bring it to us, uh, we'll definitely get it divided up among them. As you bring your stuff back, if you put it up here on the uh, on the stage, we'll kind of just fill the stage, and that way we'll know everything is back. Also, there's a couple other ways you can help, two different ways. If you would like to sponsor a uh, uh, a worker, we'll, we'll be hiring five or six uh, men and women to help us down there. If you'd like to sponsor one of them, we pay them about $175. Uh, so that would be a sponsorship. Uh, if you do, just let me know. Give me a cash check. If a check, make it out to the church. Uh, and that will help us pay for those workers that uh, help us. Also, we've been announcing this. We have this jug up behind us. That's our uh, money that we give to the families. We've collected about $500 so far. We'd like to have about 1500 So if you would like to help out with that, just put a, a donation in that. It can be cash, checks, uh, or or coins. So on July 4th, Sunday, July 4th, we're going to, if you'll do this, I know that's a bad Sunday again, people probably be traveling, but but if you're going to be here that Sunday and can for the next couple of weeks set aside your coins, we'll have a time during the service you can come up and put your coins or cash or whatever in the jug, and that, again, will bless families uh, directly. That money goes right to our three families. So we appreciate you being willing to help us uh, with our, our, our mission work. Done. Morning, I'll close in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we love you. Father, so thankful for this day. Father, thank you for your words this morning that you spoke through Tim. Uh, Father, just praying that um, we would place those in our heart, God, and that we would apply them to our lives. Father, that as we leave here this morning, Father, that we would share those words with those who need to, sh- to, who need to hear it. Father, um, just praying that, that as we leave this morning, Father, that you would use us for your glory. Father, there's so many people, even, even here in the small town of Troy, Lord, that need to hear your word. They need to hear who you are. They need to hear how much you love them and, and Father, just accept them, accept you into their hearts, Lord. Father, I just, uh, lift up those this morning who, are hurting, Father, those who are in pain, Father, those who are in sick, those who are sick, Lord, um, different ailments that are going around. Father, I just pray that you'd wrap your loving arms around those people, Father, that, that you would bring healing if that is, is your will. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your son. Lord, we thank you that he willingly went to the cross to die for each and every one of us that we can have eternal life together for eternity. We love you. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.